What's going on? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, and you are now listening to Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Patchery Jr., with me once again this week is my good friend, Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, this week we will be reviewing Vengeance 2003. So if you listened last week, you're aware of uh, what we're going to be talking about. Hopefully you took a little time and watched it yourself so you could follow along. Um, first, before we get into it, as always, Alo, I'm going to ask you if there's anything going on in the world of wrestling because I really don't know. But there is one thing I saw literally an hour before we sat down to record this that I felt like I had to share. I don't know if you saw it or not. Uh, So obviously everybody is aware of COVID-19, the pandemic that has swept over the globe, and everyone has been inundated with messages of social distancing and quarantine and lockdown and mask wearing and, and all these things. So obviously everyone is very familiar with what's going on. So I saw a tweet from someone named Zach Rickens. Have no idea who this guy is. No idea. Uh, yeah, no clue. Uh, he's verified though, so he's somebody somewhere. Um, and actually, his handle is at Zach Rickens TV. So maybe he's like on the news somewhere. Uh, but anyway, the tweet is uh, breaking. Knox County Board of Health votes seven to one to mandate a mask ordinance. For anyone inside certain buildings, Mayor Jacobs is the only nay. Board <laughs> reevaluate the order at its next meeting. So, Alo, I'm thinking for a second, like, who's this mayor that's the only person saying no? Like, wouldn't you, as the mayor, be the one who wants to protect the citizens uh, in your in your county? And then I realized, wait, Mayor Jacobs, that's got to be Kane. <laughs> and what is the, the fucking irony of Kane, of all people, telling people not to wear a fucking mask? You would have no career if it wasn't for a damn mask. Oh, but the best part was that was a meme. Like right after, like I think that came out sometime last week. There was a meme of that too. Oh really? Saying, of, of all the fucking people not to wear a mask is this guy. <laughs> and, and the best part was there was a guy wearing a mask and he didn't have his mask on. <laughs> in the picture that was the, that was the part the funny part about it i mean i think it's perfect because i hated kane from the second he took that mask off <laughs> as soon as he took the mask off i was like you might as well be isaac yankum to me um but yeah i just thought that was too funny not to share that the guy who is most famous for wearing a mask is not a proponent of people wearing a mask to not get each other sick and kill each other uh <laughs> oh well he's but just, anyway. oh well he's just some shitty conservative anyway so yeah, he is. He's a dick. <laughs> and I remember all those guys when they would talk about who's the smartest guy you know. They would all say Kane, and I was always like, "Get the hell out of here!" I don't think it just tells me how fucking stupid you guys are. <laughs> um, so anyway, is there anything else of note going on in the world of wrestling at the moment? Anything newsworthy, noteworthy, interesting, entertaining? Well, this well for the next two weeks. Uh, as, as Eric, the listeners know, you don't know, uh, AEW's Fighter Fest is a two-week event. So what NXT did to keep up, uh, they're doing a Great American Bash two-week lineup to mm. coincide with Fighter Fest. And 
there's a few things I'm interested to see us uh, tonight on NXT. Sasha Banks is going to go one with Io Shirai, and I kind of want to put Sasha Banks over even more, but I put her over almost every week. But uh, if anybody has put their dancing shoes on as of mm-hmm. late, and especially this year, it's been Sasha Banks. And I believe she hasn't been a candidate for Women's Superstar of the Year since the first year of this show. And she's definitely making a case this year. I think her and Bayley as a tag team have been fantastic. I thought I think they've been an excellent heel tag team. Bailey finally is coming out of her shell. I'm not sure if you caught mm-hmm. anything she's been doing, but remember when Bailey was first turned heel, she wasn't really speaking a lot. Now she's right. completely annoying. You will love you will love this personally. <laughs> this version of Bailey personally, you will love it. So she's basically come out come out of her shell. They're vibing back and forth between each other very well, and I'm definitely excited on what's going on with them at uh, Extreme Rules. Sasha Banks is going to challenge Oscar for for the women's title. I'm not sure if you do know. But Sasha Banks and Bailey are the tag team champions again. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so I am aware of that. I am aware that they have been very active on social media, and I was aware that that um, Sasha was getting that title shot uh, in NXT. Um, I also am aware that she is tweeting "Thank you, Vince McMahon" a lot, which obviously, even though I know it's it's a work, I don't I don't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah uh, She's been tweeting that she's better than almost every tag team in the world. She's named the Hardys. She's named uh, Sammy Guevara and uh, Chris Jericho, the, uh, <laughs> the Revival. So, like, she's been a lot, a lot of fun. Like, but I'm definitely going to put her over, as I always do on this show. And also, uh, Matt Hardy teaming with Private Party. I think that's been real fun. Uh, n- next week's episode is about Floyd Lord 99. So, you'll see Michael Hayes with the Hardys. So, he kind of. I see Matt Hardy as their Michael Hayes, and Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy can still go as well. He has a lot to offer, unlike Michael Hayes did in 1999. So I do like that <laughs> pairing with Private Party as their mentor. Doc Hendricks. Yes, <laughs> he was Michael Hayes when he came with the Hardys. Though. So Doc Doc Hendricks was dead. But um, speaking of Private Party, I think I believe they're about to come on now with Matt Hardy. But um, yeah, it's it's been a lot, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Randy Orton, uh, Richard Flair is back on TV with Randy Orton again. Mm. And uh, Dolph Ziggler. That's got to be some riveting stuff, I'm sure. <laughs> well, Randy Orton, he's one of my top picks for Superstar of the Year. <laughs> on, on, I did hear you say that. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if you said it. I said it on, my, on the one-man show. Okay, that's right. So that is where I heard it. Yeah. I was going to say, I couldn't remember if you had said it to me last week, but then I remembered Randy Orton wasn't part of the pay-per-view we did last week. Yeah, so yeah, so I, I think Randy Orton, he's been great this year, even though he's been stuck with Edge, and now it looks like he's on to face Galloway. At SummerSlam, that's what it looks to see. But right now, he's going to face the big show at going into Extreme Rules. But uh, other than that, not not a lot going on for the most part. Uh, Dolph Ziggler's back on Raw again. He's challenging Galloway for the title at Extreme Rules. So that's that's about it. So it doesn't sound like anything that would get me super excited, other than maybe if Sasha Banks is getting to do Something that's actually good for a change. Yeah, um, she wants two belts too. Yeah. Oh, and also X sent me a clip before we started of um, MJF. Oh, excellent uh, promo. Acknowledging that they were in a ratings war, yeah. which I, lo- I love the acknowledgement yeah, of it. Yeah, that was a great promo. I did see that. Especially because both shows are still well under a million viewers. Like, yeah. I don't even consider that a ratings war. But... I, I love the acknowledgement of it. And he looked fantastic in the pink robe with the Burberry yes. uh, trim. <laughs> Perfect robe for MJF. Uh, so 
Vengeance 03, I believe the first SmackDown brand pay-per-view. Yes. At Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado. Um, the very inspirational opening promo, which obviously goes the opposite direction when Vince starts talking. It's the complete <laughs> opposite of inspirational uh, as he goes into the, the Mr. McMahon character. Michael Cole and Taz on commentary. Did you think – do you think like when we watch the old shows, do you think Michael Cole is better than we think he is? Like obviously now he everyone just has – is fed up with hearing Michael Cole. But do you think he was actually better back then than a lot of us think or oh, remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think Cole was terrible to maybe uh, – maybe 10 years ago? I, I could stand Cole back then, but also the scene of WWE changed – way different because 10 years ago everything was that's when everything really became more of a commercial or whatever then like they had cold turn heel and all this stuff so like he was definitely more tolerable back then um yeah agreed like listening back when i hear him i'm not like i'm not as put off by michael cole as like current day michael cole i can't even say current day because i don't pay any attention anymore but like the past five years that I had been watching Michael Cole, he was way better back then. Uh, so I just wanted to give a little acknowledgement that Michael Cole actually wasn't that bad at this at one time. Um, opening match, unfortunately, had to fast forward it. Uh, <laughs> but great entrance by Eddie Guerrero. Um, and... I just see – I knew it was a match against Benoit, and I was just like, I'm good. I don't need to watch a Benoit match. But I did – you could obviously get – oh, no, wait. I guess before I get too far ahead of myself, um, do we have a rating system in place? Yeah, Howard's running back to the ring. Come on in, Howie. <laughs> so, you think you're untouchable? Word life. This is basic thugonomics. This is ba- basic thugonomics. Word life. The following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slower knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a show stopper. Thank you, Howard. You, you just made it. RIP. Okay, so back to Eddie Guerrero. I, I've had to fast forward because I can't watch Chris Benoit. And you can obviously expand on this more more than I'll be able to. But the, the only thing I really could say about this match, I did see uh, Rhino hitting the gore. Um, and I just have to specifically point out how much I popped for Eddie's reaction, like after it happened, <laughs> just like the shrug and like the, mm, what, what are you going to do? And he, you know, he gets the win, even though he maybe didn't earn it. Um, your thoughts on Benoit versus Eddie. Right, well, and this well, is what, for the U.S. championship? Yeah, the first, to crown the first U.S. champion. So I'll, I'll give my rating real quick before we go any further. I'll give my rating and thoughts. I'll give it a, I'll give it a high slob knocker because, like you said, this was the first SmackDown brand pay-per-view and i also think this is the best smackdown brand pay-per-view ever um a lot of like i'll kind of like when we get it like matter of fact, i'll put it i'll put it together so with the eddie and benoit match this is when like when wwe kind of like trying to find themselves because austin's going rocks going whatever so like the style started to change a lot 
so Benoit and Eddie, they're the ones who get the opportunities, and they're kind of like the guy that WWE started to cater to, and also they end up as the champions leaving WrestleMania the follow the, the following year. So I did enjoy that. Uh, the, I thought the tag team title match was fantastic. We'll get to that. And hmm, Undertaker, John Cena, a lot of fun. A uh, very young mm-hmm. John Cena here. Uh, the world title match, I thought that was good. Other than that, a lot of filler on the card. Vince, I'll get to. Stephanie, my God. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now to the U.S. title match. I thought the U.S. title match, I thought it was a lot of fun. And these two, they never have bad matches at all. Rhino was Benoit's tag team partner at the time. And he did beat uh, Rhino to get to the final, the finals of the tournament. So I thought it was a really good match. I'll keep it brief on that. But Eddie Guerrero, your first WWE U.S. champion. Yeah, for me, it was just a, a straight slobber knocker. Uh, there was some good stuff on this, but like you said, there was a lot of this that probably could have done without. Uh, it was, I believe, a two-hour and like forty-minute show that probably could have been two hours. Um, so yeah, slobber knocker for me. I, I didn't, I didn't get into it as much as I did uh, last week. Um, so has to be a slobber knocker for me. Um, Vince backstage smelling the roses, Stephanie coming in and Vince telling I, I did enjoy Vince telling Stephanie that he, he bought her flowers to like make amends. <laughs> and he's like, but these are for Sable. I did. And he gives her that like little bouquet of like uh-huh. daisies or whatever they were. Um, so Stephanie was was it GM at the time? Was it commissioner? Like, she was what GM. was it? Okay. Um now you said Oh my god about Stephanie Was that a positive or a negative Oh uh, the negative when it came to the match okay. Everything else positive Alright obviously we'll we'll get to that uh, We had the indecent proposal match oh, uh, Jamie Noble Versus Mr. Ass uh, With uh, A A night I'm trying to remember What did uh, What was the specific phrasing they were using for Edge and Lita I wish I could remember when they were going to have sex on TV. Oh, the live sex celebration? Yeah, they, they like kept calling it, saying it like in a, it was like very specific adjectives they were using that I can't, oh, really? I can't remember. It was like tawdry or something like that. Would, I'll have to go back and look it up. But um, basically for a, a steamy night with Tori on the line. Uh, and I want to say, Jamie Noble, <laughs> now you know that I'm not a fan of the Southern accent or the South in general. He makes it work. But so he makes it work all the time, but him having to be such a fucking creep with that accent, like the accent made him so much more of a creep than he already was. I thoroughly enjoyed every second of Jamie Noble from like the start of the, the vignette to like the very end of the match, him like walking out victorious. Um, I was never a big Mr. Ass guy and even less so. Uh, after an icons back in, I believe 2015 or 2016. Um, Nidia, obviously jealous of Jamie trying to get this night with Tori. Um, he gets slapped by both women back to back at one point. He does get the win with a roll up, which is the perfect way for him to get a win over, over Billy. Uh, I just thought this was so, so funny. I laughed <laughs> through so much of it. Thoroughly, enjoy- this might have been the thing I maybe was the thing I enjoyed the most. Really? Yeah, I, it just was like so funny to me that 
the fact that they were harping so much on the Playboy thing, and at one point later in the show, and we'll get to it, but he's like paging through the magazine. <laughs> Telling whoever the guy was, like, I'm going to get to sleep with this. Uh, I thought it was funny. So, like, do, do you have any any feelings on the Indecent Proposal match? Uh, yeah, it, nobody played white trash better than Jamie Noble. Uh, so the backstory with all this money he's offering, uh, I think he had an aunt that passed away, so he got an inheritance. So uh, that's what, I don't know if you remember, but there's a clip where he bought, like, a new trailer or whatever. And so and like, that's where him and Nidia started wearing the fur coats and stuff. So he wanted to spend a night with Tori Wilson. But for the last few weeks, we've seen a lot of Billy Gunn. And I, I, I said last week, I hate him more and more every time I watch it. <laughs> him and Tori had no chemistry. Um, phenomenal athlete, as Gerald would say. But the match was a lot of fun, only because of Jamie Noble and the whole outcome. Like, I loved him coming down. The ramp with uh, his briefcase, mm-hmm. <laughs> full of his my toys, my <laughs> my lotions, my toys, my sex. I think he even said that my sex toys. Uh, and you gotta give it to Tori Wilson selling the ending, like when she like said, "Oh shit!" Yeah, just like disgust. <laughs> like I can't believe I have to do this. Uh, yeah, I think yeah he does say that. My my oils, my lotions, my sex toys. Uh, that Billy opened the case too. Yeah, like. To, to reveal everything that was in there, it was funny. I, th- I thought it was a funny, funny match, funny segment. It was very entertaining, um, and the right guy won. Obviously, um, we had the APA with Funaki, uh, and they invited him into the barroom brawl uh, as the Easter Bunny hopped by. I don't remember if there was a reason for this. What like the the if there was any backstory to the Easter Bunny? Do you remember? No. He just was there. Okay. Yeah, he was just there. Uh, so the barroom brawl uh, was obviously just a complete mess of <laughs> just guys all over the place, shit getting destroyed. Uh, there were some funny spots. I loved it. Um, <laughs> yeah, there were definitely some funny spots in it. Um, Bradshaw wins, which only fitting that one uh, that a member of the APA would win with the help of the other member. Uh, who was the last? Who was the last one? Was it um, Brother Love? Brother Love, that's right. Um, which funny, funny that he uh, he lasted to the very end. Um, I did enjoy the barroom brawl though. It just was an absolute mess, in kind of like the ways you want something to be a mess. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There was somebody. Who was it that got thrown through the mirror? Ah, oh, oh my god! Um, like full body. Was it the Easter Bunny? It, I think it was the Easter Bunny. Because <laughs> I just remember someone getting thrown yeah, I, off the bar. I, I, like, th- I think it was the Easter Bunny because because uh, Spanky stole the show, Brian Kendrick. Like, <laughs> there was a spot where Brother Love comes out. He's preaching. Like you can see Spanky like bent over, like pr- like he's praying on top of the table or something like mm-hmm. that. And I will never not pop for a SmackDown announcer Funaki. <laughs> Cause like he was just enjoying himself at the ball the entire throughout the entire time and like passes out, <laughs> which which I thought was perfect before I bro- ultimately brother love would pass out. It was just a mess, but I I, I really did enjoy the the whole uh, ballroom brawl. How did you feel about Bradshaw with the blonde hair? It was a no for me. Okay, same here. It wasn't the same. To me, there was like a small point. Uh, and I mean, I guess it probably was solely with 
like the Acolytes and APA, where I, I kind of liked Bradshaw. It was the only time. And, um, yeah, the blonde hair, no. But, and then I, of course, I hated, like, the JBL character. Um, but then grew to enjoy JBL on commentary because he just made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, again, it was another fun segment. Um, we had Jamie Noble. So uh, that's the other thing. Not only was he paging through the he playboy, was, uh, he, was he was sniffing him. <laughs> <laughs> sniffing the playboy, just being as gross as could be, bragging that this was something he was going to get to do. Um, How about the condition of the magazine, though? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> was put to, to a lot of use. A lot of miles on that playboy. I don't know what month. She was in Playboy. I don't know if it was the issue from that month or the month before. It, it, it was around WrestleMania time. Okay, so it, so it got it, a lot of April. mileage. Yeah, let's say April. From March, from March or April to July. Um, we had the tag team match of Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman versus Sheltie B and Charlie Haas. Uh, I'm going to use a phrase that the, uh, the Smarks would love. There was a crazy work rate in this match. <laughs> this is one of very few matches from this like time period that would like hold up for the IWC. Oh yeah. Like I, I forget what match it was we were talking about last week. I think it was Austin and Oh uh, uh Merrill. Austin and Mark Merrill, and I was like, what would the IWC think about this? The IWC would be going crazy for this match. Oh yeah. Um and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. The The final uh, kick out by Charlie Haas was like, even, you know, 17 years later, I like kind of like sat, sat up in my chair like, oh, because I thought it was going to be over. Uh, the world's greatest tag team retains the titles. Um, yeah, it was a really fun match. What what uh, I know you said that we, you wanted to get to this. So, like, I'm curious, what what did you have to say about this tag match? Yeah, there's a match I recommend watching. From this show, this is it. Um, I was a, like, basically, this this was that. Well, we all know Vince is hot and cold with tag team wrestling. This was an era of cold with tag team wrestling. But you are, you already had the world's greatest tag team, which were the mainstay of the tag team division on SmackDown. And then Vince threw together the old filthy animals, and Taz, Taz and Cole put that over on commentary. And I was a huge filthy animals mark. In <laughs> when, it, when they went when they were WCW, so I was I was so happy to see them together. I wanted them to win so bad, and like I said at the top of the show when we talked about Eddie and Benoit, this was when the uh, the style of wrestling would change for WWE with more of a work rate going into going into this era. And both these teams they they actually showed out, and all four of these guys are like well renowned, amazing wrestlers. Uh, that still is not my Billy Kidman. My Billy Kidman has. Long hair, tank top, and Tommy mm-hmm. Hilfiger jeans. But, I mean, well, shorts. But, <laughs> uh, like you said, like that false finish, that will always get me. Because that's how they won in WCW all the time. And that will always get me. And the world's greatest tag team using the world's greatest tag team techniques to actually get the win <laughs> and steal one from Rey Mysterio and uh, Billy Kidman. But I, I love this match still to this day. This match holds up 100%. Yeah, excellent match. Um, I'm glad. I didn't. I'm glad you didn't shit on this. I'm very happy. No, it was, it was good, and I think maybe because it's from a time where I know not every match looked like that, and I think that's where my problem comes with like 
current day wrestling is like almost every match looks the same. Like nobody's really doing anything different. Uh, and I, I hate to break to say it again because I feel like it makes people think I'm giving this guy a bad rap, but I'm not. It's like everybody can't be Sami Zayn. And when everybody does the same moves, when every match has the same spots, I just don't find it interesting or entertaining. But this was something that was like different from everything. There was nothing else on the card that you watched. Probably nope. the car, every card from that year of 2003, there might not have been another match that looked quite like that one. Um, so yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was a lot of fun to watch and like ahead of its time and probably would have been appreciated more today than it was back in 2003. Mm -hmm. Um, the cat fight between Stephanie McMahon and Sable. Um, I'm going to let you start with this one because it seemed like you were, you were waiting to talk about Stephanie. Oh God, this was God awful. Oh my God. And then like Cole's putting over like both these women are former women's champions. I'm like, yeah, Sable didn't do anything. And Stephanie Harley defended it either. (laughs) And like, now like we always appreciate Vince when he always has like one of the, the divas with him because like he's so like, he's so into it. Mm-hmm. So we always do enjoy like I like we talked about him with Trish how amazing that that combination was. So was him with Sable, and with Stephanie like trying to like for example, the week prior on Raw is when Kane tombstone Linda on the on the stage. Mm-hmm. So Stephanie's like all concerned for her mom, and this ultimately leads to Vince versus Stephanie in an I quit match. And if Stephanie loses, she quits, which. Linda throws in a towel for Stephanie, so Stephanie resigns as GM of SmackDown. So this this had long term Brooklyn on it, but it just this match wasn't it. It, it was a progressive storyline, but this wasn't it. And 17 years later, I still feel A Train's uh, shoulder tackle on Stephanie. <laughs> oh yeah, he crushed. <laughs> I still feel that. Um. Yeah, I mean, the high point of the match for me was probably the first 30 seconds when it was immediately into the crowd. Like, it went into the crowd before it went into the ring, which I, I thought was was good. But, yeah, the, the rest of it was just brutal to watch. Although I did pop for when Sable's uh, top gets pulled oh. down and Brian Hebner pops off his own shirt to give it to her. I, I had to pop for that. I Only thought it was a funny. Hebner. And she never put it on. She just kind of held it up, uh-huh. you know, over her chest. Uh, only a hell uh, Yeah. But Sable steals the win um, in not a great – we went from by far the best match on the card to the worst. Uh, I don't know if there's much else to say about it. Uh, Cena versus The Undertaker. A young John Cena versus The Undertaker. So – I like that they played into the idea of that there was like that mentor type relationship that Undertaker kind of had with Cena like very early in his career when when Undertaker showed him like that infamous like respect that he showed Cena very early on. What was the guy's name? Something Jordan. Oh, Orlando Jordan. Orlando Jordan. They showed Undertaker almost taking him under his wing on how do you deal with someone like John Cena. And Cena's like, yeah, we used to have something a little bit like that. I liked that story idea of it. It actually kind of even made me appreciate the stuff in WrestleMania uh, a couple years ago a little more. Because it's like, okay, there was a little bit more of a history with these two than I maybe was remembering. 
Um, Taker whipped Cena's ass for <laughs> most of it. Um, I always appreciate like the having someone beaten, but like lifting them up off the canvas before the three count because you want to keep beating the shit out of them some more. Um, we got a choke slam and then Taker pulling up Cena um, at the after the two count. Uh, Taker kicked out of the fu, which is, is always a good moment uh, when you see like the shock on John Cena's face. Taker wins with the last ride, and I even appreciated the look when they went to the the, the replay of the last ride. The look on Cena's face <laughs> right as he was getting lifted up and slammed to the canvas. Um, how does this Cena Taker match uh, rank for their their matches in their history together? Well, they haven't had many, and Taker hits on that on the last ride. So I think this is this is the first one, but I don't think there's another one on one match with it with these two until that WrestleMania. I'm Do you think almost, this is the only? Uh, for some reason, I thought there were three. There may be there may be one on a random episode of SmackDown, but I know for certain, like after Cena's champion, they don't touch one on one. They face hmm. off in like tag matches, but they don't touch one on one. I know that for a fact. Um, I, I I'm I'm going to go back to the video package with Orlando Jordan. I did appreciate uh, Cena with the Kareem jersey and the goggles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did appreciate that. I really did. I really did pop for that. And, As a Lakers fan, of yeah, course. Well, and a, and a Jersey guy. Like I will always like pop for that because I'm like, okay, he 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 did that right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this was. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Also, uh, the clip of Taker bike dying at the top of that—that's what happened. His bike died, <laughs> and the way he played it off like a champ will always be amazing. Like he's point, like he's just like, 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 like he points to God. He just like stares him down, <laughs> playing off so perfectly. Like I, know, like I always thought that was so cool. But then I, a few years later, I would find that his bike actually did die at that yes. spot. So, uh, for anything you could say about him or anything I have said about him, I have to at least give him credit for always being a pro. Yes. <laughs> a pro's pro right there. Yeah. And, yeah, well, he was. And the whole old school, new school dynamic, I thought that was really well done in this match. Have you seen Medea's Big Happy Family? The one that's, I've what, seen, that's the one with Tiana I've seen Taylor. One Medea movie. I don't remember which one it was. Okay, so that's the one with Tiana Taylor and Bow Wow. So, uh,. I have not seen okay, that. Okay, so one. Tiana Taylor and Bow, they have a baby, right? And Tiana Taylor, she's giving him a hard time or whatever. So Bow Wow's mom dies. It's a it's a post it's a reception uh, a post funeral scene. So they're all sitting in the living room, and he, she Medea is yelling at Tiana Taylor, and she was like, "Look, I'm look, I'm I'm old school PS. I'm not new school PS. Old school <laughs> old school PS. I'll beat you till you ain't get up. New school new school PS. Let you get up. I'm old school PS. I will not let you get up. So I kind of appreciate that here, like you said, with the choke slam, or whatever. Taylor's yeah. like, I'm not done with you. So that kind of went hand in hand with it. So I did like put I did like that whole concept and like Cena like he even took it to take her take her a lot and I thought he took take her to the limit so and then Undertaker also took Cena to the limit as well and like even after taking the last ride he was like laying on the, laying on the mat for the longest time trying to get himself together he was even busted wide open yeah it was a great image of him with like the the blood gushing out of his mouth and blood dripping out of his mouth through a good chunk of the match. Yeah, so Cena definitely took it, did take it to the Undertaker, and he did it in a new school way. 
and the whole old school new school dynamic comes to an end where Cena's kind of after the fu he hits the fu he goes in, into the take in the corner mounts Taker for a ten punch and then he starts playing to the crowd and Taker sneaks one out you know old school says don't showboat and mm-hmm. that's how Taker gets the win but I thought both these guys took each other to their limits and they played the whole old school new school thing off really well yeah it was a really good match I enjoyed it. Um it was cool to see both of these guys cool to see Cena like before he was a guy that I appreciated. And I think one of the things I said last week when you asked me about my feelings on Taker now that he's officially retired, one of the things I said is like there are not many people his size that had his athletic ability. And obviously you get more of a taste of that in 2003 than you've gotten any time you've seen him in the last five years. Uh, so it was a fun match. It was uh, definitely one, <clears throat> excuse me, definitely one going worth going back to watch. Uh, Mr. McMahon versus Zach Gowan, uh, the one-legged Zach Gowan. We had the Zach Gowan vignette, which obviously built up like all of the sympathy you could ask for uh, for a guy going up against Mr. McMahon. He decides to wrestle the match on one leg. Uh, does a lot of crazy stuff as a one-legged wrestler. Has Mr. McMahon busted wide open at one point? <laughs> oh man, the way he started leaking from the top of his head was crazy. It was a lot. Like I didn't, I wasn't expecting it to be that much. Uh, I actually enjoyed this. Really? I did. I don't know why. Um, like yeah. I wasn't on the edge of my seat, but it was. I think I was just watching. I was like, this actually is, isn't that bad. So maybe that's more what I mean. I thought this was going to be terrible. I was like, you know what? This isn't that bad. There's actually a little something to this. Yeah, so, like, the idea of, like, Vince, like, for Vince, Vince's opponents, Vince is usually, like, he usually fears most of his opponents. But the fact that this guy's on one leg, and there's also a moment in the match where he has him in the half crab, and as he puts him in the half crab, he like he's like blushing, and mm-hmm. he has a smile on his face, like yeah, tap out your son of a bitch, because he like mm-hmm. he has the advantage for once finding an opponent. So I think that's a lot where you appreciate it too. And in the video package, I d- the line of you might have survived cancer, but you won't survive me. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Yeah, could you imagine them saying that now? <laughs> so good. And like you said, like, the one-leg wrestler, like, I thought it was kind of cool. And I remember when I was a kid, I was marking the hell out for Zach Gowan. I'm like, oh, my God, because, like, i never seen him before. A guy with one leg doing moonsaults and cross bodies and actually winning matches. Missile drop kick. Yeah, and, and winning matches. Like, you don't expect to see that. So I remember when Zach Gowan came out, came up, came in from the crowd as a kid. And... I'm watching. I'm like, oh my god! Like a fan, a fan, a fan has a WWE contract. Oh my god! <laughs> and like watching, like such a fucking mark. But I was a big Zach Gowan fan. He didn't last that long in the company. But like, I was all for this. As be- as ridiculous as it was, I was all for this. Yeah, like I said, I enjoyed it. And yeah, you're right. Part of that is that Vince gets to truly be the bully in this match. Yeah, and I, I hate the ending. I thought the ending was so anticlimactic. It, it was too quick. Like he got busted open with the chair, right? Was it the yeah? He it yeah. was the chair, <clears throat> and then he rolls out the way. That's all that happened. He so he gets smashed in the head with a chair. He's leaking blood, 
he moves out of the way of a moonsault and then gets the pin from that. It, it, it did seem like an odd ending, an odd way to end it, and an abrupt ending. They could have definitely ended it a better way. But I do think Mr. McMahon winning was the way to go. Definitely. Uh, because if you, if you take the time to build up that much sympathy, I think it's really good to like disappoint people in the end. Uh, we got an interview with Eddie Guerrero. Um, I can't remember who interviewed him. I guess that doesn't really matter. I don't remember either. Who cares? It doesn't really matter. Um, and I loved Eddie saying, like, I don't need any friends and I don't want any friends. Uh, or That's why I don't have any friends and that's why I don't want any friends. Because friends will ultimately, like, disappoint you and turn their back on you. And that's what happened to Benoit in that match. Uh, it's so funny how I think maybe 10 years ago, Eddie Guerrero would have been viewed as someone who was underrated or like underappreciated. And now he's almost like one of the most revered guys in the history of the wrestling business. Definitely. Like, I don't I don't know that anyone could get away with calling him underrated anymore because everyone like is absolutely in love with him at this point. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, I wonder... I wonder if, because uh, we all know Eddie's uh, motto, I wonder how if they were like ha- if he can keep the whole lie, cheat, steal thing going today on television and like cheat the win. It's like oh, you can't you can't give that to kids. You can't sell that. I wonder if they would actually sell Eddie Guerrero the same way. Pro- probably not. I mean, so the Smarks would love it. Mm-hmm. But you're right. If they're trying to appeal to the child audience, they probably wouldn't wouldn't go in that direction so much. It, did people appreciate Eddie Guerrero half as much when he was actually there as they do now? Oh no, oh, it's so weird not. to me. De- definitely not. Because for for like for me, like I was such a mark as I always state. So like, when you, if you're a good guy, I love you. If you're a bad guy, I don't like you. <laughs> so, so Eddie was Eddie always bounce back and forth. So a few months prior, he was a face with Tajiri because Chavo was out hurt. So he was teaming with Chavo and they would tag team shame and they would drop the belt back to the world's greatest tag team. And then Eddie was essentially heel and he would bounce back and forth all the time in this era. So I don't really think he was that much appreciated. And as you know, your appreciation is always elevated, unfortunately, when you're no longer of no longer here. So I definitely don't think Eddie Guerrero got his appreciation a lot it's been, uh, until he found, until he kind of finally got his one title run. Um, yeah, I, I think it's weird, though. And it's kind of like, unfortunately, I feel like that happens with almost everybody is they're appreciated so much more after they're gone than they were when they were here. And like, I know a lot of people were talking that way about like Kobe just a few months ago when he passed away saying, we need to start giving people their flowers when they're alive to get them and not wait till they're gone. And I Eddie did that, Guerrero la- I did like, that last night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if, have you ever watched Shit's Creek? Yeah. I love it. Oh God. So I, last night uh, I posted, please give Eugene Levy, Levy his flowers. He's truly <laughs> a, a titan of comedy. If ever there was one. I was like, please like the, the eyebrows. His son has the same effect on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that whole so Shit's Creek. It's a show that I think not a lot of people have watched, and I yeah. think it's only recently that people have like flocked to it. Yeah, because yeah, because uh, I've, I've been I've binge watching, and a lot of people didn't know it was on Pop. I think that was mm-hmm. like the most pop show 
the most popular show on pop. It, 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 like sitcoms don't really hit anymore like they used to. For example, I'm not sure if you, did you ever watch the Carmichael show? I'm familiar with it. I never watched. Okay, it yeah. So it got a lot of attention secondhand from binge watching, but it, it was already already canceled. So like sitcoms they don't really last anymore. Marlins Marlins had a sitcom a couple of years ago that didn't last. That lasted two seasons either. Yeah, not a lot of longevity for sitcoms anymore because like a lot of people don't watch uh, their national TV networks all the time. But definitely a, a great show. I'm glad it got. It, it just ended. I think it was like five or six seasons. I think it was. Yeah, I don't remember. It was five or six. It yeah. did just end. Yeah, me and uh, Angel, ended a couple months ago. Yeah, me and Angel. I think season three now. And I love Eric Bell, like his his other his daughter Twyla Alexis. I I love. <laughs> um, so Alexis Rose is one of my favorite sitcom characters of all. Time. <laughs> yeah, she is amazing. She's so. I mean, they're all funny. Uh-huh. Like everyone on the show is like Bob jogging into a scene. <laughs> always makes me laugh. Uh, everything Roland does is funny to me. It took it took me so long to, to catch on to Roland shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Somebody asked me that a couple weeks ago. Who's been watching it? They're like rolling shit. Do you think that's like? Ro-? I'm like, yes, of course. Because like, <laughs> when he said, because when he was like, that's my father, Horace shit. I was like, oh, I, I screamed. Then I was like, oh shit, rolling shit. Okay. Yeah, rolling shit. Um, yeah, Shit's Creek. So if you have not watched it, it is definitely worth. It's an easy watch too. Yes. I believe it's. 10 to 12 episodes seasons. You have 20 something. And they're like episodes. literally 21 minute episodes. Yeah. But Alexis. You'll I, blink I, and you'll be through yeah. half of a season. Alexis, I love her. And then like she always has like that little smile or that little smirk mm-hmm. she does with her, her lips after mm-hmm. she says something. <laughs> oh, God, I love her. She is so funny. Yeah, she's great. But, I'm I'm very much looking forward to, to you getting through it because <laughs> I don't know done. a lot of other people that have watched it, but I love that show. Uh, and especially like so it ended – like sometime in March or maybe even early April. So it was watching it weekly. It was like giving me this little thing to look forward to during like quarantine of like, okay, I know I'll get another episode of Shit's Creek next week. And then I got the, the series finale, which was awesome. It ended, ended beautifully. I can't wait for you to get there. <laughs> and as long as we're on the, the subject of sitcoms that don't really get recognition when they're on and binge watching gives them a second life. Um, so for a long time, so the office is probably like in the mainstream viewed as like the favorite sitcom of all time. Like, I don't know that you could even put anything else up against it other than maybe like Seinfeld, because that was like such a massive show. And the office, because of when it was on, how popular it was when it was on. And then the fact that it's something everyone streams, you know, on Netflix or, or whatever. I'm trying to get back into it. So Angel doesn't like it. Yeah. See, so I thought the office was good. And I think the last couple seasons were not as good as the earlier. Seasons. Well, I'm still in the early. Season. Season. I'm, I'm like on season two or three. Okay. But, uh, so I thought I had a controversial opinion that parks and recreation was better than the office. I liked it way better than the office, but another show that I loved when it was on was community with Joel McHale, Ken Jeong, uh, Gillian Jacobs, who's like a huge uh, indie wrestling fan, apparently. Allison Brie from Glow. Um, is, uh, is Donald Glover? Is that the show Donald Glover's on? Donald Glover, okay. yes. Um, Chevy Chase. So it was like a great show. And I, I loved it when it was on. 
Um, didn't get very good ratings. It actually finally made it to Netflix, like right when the lockdown and everything was happening. And so I was like, you know, there's one day. So I was back to work and I was like really bummed out. Like I didn't feel comfortable being back at work full time. I didn't like having to like come face to face with customers because I just wasn't sure how safe it was. And I'd come home from work and be completely depressed. And so one day I just came home from work and put on community and I blasted through all six seasons of it in like less than a week. If I was home, I was either asleep or I was watching community. And upon rewatching it, not only is do I have parks and recreation above the office? I have community above parks and recreation too. So I think community is maybe my favorite sitcom of all time that I'm happy has regained a second life because of its addition to Netflix. They always had this hashtag. I think it started maybe season three of hashtag six seasons in a movie. They did complete six seasons. Now I just need the movie. <laughs> Uh, if you're ever interested in starting a new sitcom, I could not recommend community any higher. It's just so funny. It's so creative. It's like a very ambitious sitcom. It's very like weird and strange. I feel like the cast is so great. Um, yeah, that comes with my highest seal of recommendation, uh, is community former NBC and Yahoo, uh, sitcom. Um, yeah. Cause, uh, I, I've I've started Parks and Rec. I love the cast more than the the Office cast because you know I love Aubrey Plaza, mm-hmm. uh, Wilmington's own, by the way. Yeah, one of my faves. Yeah, I, I love her. Her reactions, uh, her facial. I, I love it. Like, uh, what's that movie with Zac Efron? Um, they need wedding dates. Zac Efron. Um, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but, but isn't uh, is Adam Devine in that too? Uh, the guy from Workaholics. I, I think so. I, I think so, uh, uh, but they need wedding dates or whatever. That, that's the name of the movie. They need wedding dates. I forgot, I forgot her co her co star, mm-hmm. whatever. But loved her in that movie. She has a movie on Netflix. I'm not sure if you not Netflix on Hulu. I'm not sure if you saw it. Uh, Ingrid Goes West. I'm not sure if you. I have it. not. It's actually. I almost put that on the other night, yeah, and when it. I was about to hit play, I was like, I'm gonna fall asleep. So I didn't. Yeah, I rec- I, I highly recommend that. That's like she's great in that. And I'm not sure if you watched Legion. It's a X Men spinoff show. She was in that, and she was fantastic in that as well. So I love Parks and Rec from what I've seen. The Office, I'm still trying to get through, but I'll definitely start Community. Yeah, Community's amazing. And like I said, it's it's funny that I loved it when it was on, but I loved Parks and Rec so much it like overshadowed Community. And rewatching Community, I realized I loved it even more than I remembered. It's rare that a show is better. Like years later than you remembered it when you watched it at the time. Usually, the like if I watch Lost now, as much as I love that, I still have like the emotional investment in it, but I don't enjoy it the way I did back in like from 2004 to 2010. So, yeah, community is worth a watch. Um, and our main event of the evening, the triple threat match for the WWE Championship, the Big Show versus Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar. Um, Lesnar was the champ angle. The whole story was that he had been out, uh, injured after having surgery, wanted his WWE championship back. Um, and this is when Brock Lesnar, like I still viewed him as like a freak of nature. Whereas I don't anymore. I I view him as a guy who was like a mediocre MMA fighter and a boring WWE superstar. 
and an absentee champion. Um, so I think when we started off talking about this show, I think you said we had a, a good main event for the WWE Championship. Is that what you said? Yes. So expand on that for me, what what you felt about the, this main event. Well, I, I, well, first of all, you know I'll put over a video package anytime. Mm-hmm. I thought this one was terrible. Because, <laughs> because one, like the dubbed over music, because that this wasn't the original theme for the pay-per-view, that took away from the video package. And... This this basically only told that this is basically Kurt Angle's redemption, and that's fine. But I, I didn't think the video package did anything, especially for the insertion of the big show. But we all know about the the chemistry with Brock and Kurt, how they were like it's like like they like Brock. He he was he was this physical specimen, but he could do the same things Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle could go in there and do, and Kurt Angle could hang in there. Hanging there with him, and Big Show was like the, the kind of like the foil or whatever. And the Big Show, he, he's kind of we always appreciate the Big Show now more than ever because that we notice like he's a more of a, a utility guy now. So he like they throw him in there, so that actually mm-hmm. makes it a little bit different. So they went out and took out the Big Show right away and eliminate them, and, and they and those two went at it for the most part, and then the Big Show ultimately comes back. But I thought that Brock and Kurt's chemistry was excellent, and you throw the Big Show in there. That that adds to the story. Uh, I thought the match ended abruptly too, with just the angle slam out of nowhere. I thought it would took more than that just to beat Brock, especially in two thousand three. But I, I thought it was a really good match. Like you had table table spots, you had your early finishers, and you had a lot of high high offense. So I did really appreciate the main event. Yeah, so I even appreciated like the whole thing with them taking out the Big Show. They like made mention of it right away on commentary that they were going to team up on them. And then when they had finally taken him out, like I loved that they made mention of like that was what they set out to do was to get rid of the big show. And they've accomplished that. I, I like that they acknowledged it, that like, OK, they they basically they both teamed up to get this one guy out of here. And now they're ready to go at it with each other. Uh, it was a good main event. It was a fun match. Um, it's always funny to go to look back and see Kurt Angle as like like a baby face. Because I think most of us probably remember him more for being the opposite, like the kind of whiny, crybaby, goofy heel. Uh, and I think that maybe is what we all like most about him. Like when we talked about the uh, the draft, the first draft, uh, however many months ago that was, how much we loved him like kissing Vince's ass backstage <laughs> in his office. So it's funny to see Kurt not be that character. Uh, and I do actually agree with you that I felt like the ending deserved more than what it got. Um, but yeah, like the big show, another one, kind of like Undertaker, like we forget how good he was when he was good and when he was in his prime. And he like he was awesome when he was good. Speaking of the big show and sitcoms, have you seen the big show show? No, oh, I haven't. Really? Okay. I probably who was in it with him that I was like, oh, Urkel. I'm already on board. Urkel, Urkel. that's right. <laughs> I knew there was somebody in there that I was like, okay, I'm already sold on this. Have you watched it? Yeah, I, I finished it when it first came out. Is I was it any lo- good? I liked it. You know, it's a cheesy sitcom, and you know, Big Show. He's a fun-loving guy. You, you'll, I think you'll enjoy. It. I think the kids are great in the show. Uh, where's his wife from? Is she? She's not from. I don't think not seventy show. I can't remember the show that she's from, but. uh She's a lot of fun, and like it all, they all, it all works. I'm gonna look it up right now because I'm actually curious who it is, and I, I really don't remember who it was. Big Show sitcom cast. 
Let's see. Big Show Show. All right, this is some riveting podcasting right here of me <laughs> looking this up. Uh, her name is Allison Munn. Uh, oh, yeah, she was in that 70s okay, show. Okay, that's what it was. Okay. Uh, Caroline from that 70s show from 2001 to 06. Um Maybe one day I'll, I'll sit down. How many episodes did you say it was? Did I, I ask that, already? Uh, it's either eight or ten, I think, something between there. And they're 20 minutes, so it, it's a good watch. Right. That's something you could kind of breeze through. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it was a good main event, and it's it's funny to see – not funny, but, like, interesting to see. Like, those guys were kind of viewed as, like – well, Brock and the Big Show obviously considered monsters, and Kurt Angle obviously like one of the most accomplished athletes, if not the most accomplished athlete ever to set foot in WWF slash WWE. So that truly was like a gold standard of guys you could put in the main event for a WWE championship. Uh, is there anyone you look at right now as like on equal footing with those three guys that you're like that guy? looks like a, that guy is a WWE champion, not just his stature, but like, I don't think there's anyone that like hits that level that those guys were on back then. Well, and you don't mean just the size, right? No. Like if, if you like watch them and see what they do, like, have they built anyone to like the level of any of those? Oh no. Oh, definitely not. Like even if you go back to Cena, uh, even though Cena was still in the mid card and he did lose his big matches, he was still being built to be a star, and the crowd took to him. So whether or not he lose, like the whole thing of characters don't matter. I mean, wins and losses don't matter. Characters do. That worked for certain. That worked for certain people, and John Cena was one of them. Even though he did lose to the top guys, and that's how. And that's how you build. And that's kind of like how you build a character. Yeah, it's. It's interesting. I don't know if they'll ever get back to that because I, I just don't know if that's a priority for them. But like watching, I'm like, wow, do they even have one guy on the level of these three, let alone have three guys they could put in one match? And none of them is The Undertaker. None of them is Cena. It wasn't Stone Cold. It wasn't The Rock. Like you look back on it, it's like they had other huge stars under contract at the time that weren't in this match. And these three guys are bigger than anyone that they have today oh yeah definitely like like you could say roman i don't think roman's just roman's a big star as any of these guys aj styles phenomenal athlete no pun intended but is he a big star in the world of wrestling he is but maybe i'll give you aj but that's probably about it right and he's great but he's not seen on that on the same level as them he's just not recognized like that like, if you talk to anybody who was between the ages of, like, 15 and 40 back in 2003, they would all absolutely know who the big show was. They probably would all know who Kurt Angle was, and I almost would guarantee they'd all know who Brock Lesnar was. If you asked a random guy between the ages of 50 and 40, honestly, if you asked 100 guys between the ages of 15 and 40 just randomly on the street who AJ Styles was, I'd be shocked if half of them knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Also, kind of going off of that, so my go to the gym, I wear wrestling shirts. 
And there's this guy, older guy. He was working out next to me. He says, I had an NWA shirt on. He's like, is this, the, is this the old school NWA or the new NWA? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's the revived, the revived NWA. And he says, yeah, man, it was. That. I used to go to Spectrum and watch those guys and drink with them after. And I try to watch the new stuff nowadays. Like, I can't do it. The only person that looks like a, like, looks like a star is Sasha Banks. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's my favorite. But he's like, everybody else, nah. And, and that kind of that, – that says a lot when it comes to WWE today. Yeah, and it's true. And it's like the unfortunate truth about it. It's why I can't watch it anymore because I know nothing is going to come out of anything that I enjoy. It's mm-hmm. all going to end up just being boring. Um, but this was a good main event. Like I said, three huge names in the business. Could have – but obviously, it is a great moment when Angle gets to pin Brock and win back his WWE championship. So, any final thoughts on Vengeance 03? It was a fun show. It was fun. I didn't have, as, like I said, I didn't have as much fun this week as I did uh, the week before with King of the Ring 96. Um, but, like I said, it, was, it wasn't a bad show. Uh, and what did you say next week was? 99 fully loaded? Yes. I don't know for sure yet if I will be here next week, but whether I'm here or not, uh, 99 Fully Loaded will be what the show is about. Anything you want to throw in before we close it out? Uh, for Matt Madness, Gary, head over to whatamaneuver.net. Okay, so listen on iTunes, or I'm sorry, uh, on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating oh, and review. One more we got thing. another one, weak-ass one one-star review without a review. Well, a one-star rating without a review. Yes, write a review. Please, I, I, if it's one star, just write a review. Yeah, and, I, and put your name on it. Yeah, I, I just want to know what you have to say. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm curious myself. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, we will be back uh, next Thursday. So for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery. And we will see you next week. Hop up the top rope, but the land with the elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.